This American Monster. A Monster of the Week actual play from This American Dice. Last time on This American Monster. After terrible, unseasonable storms, Palmetto City is eerily quiet. Does this quiet have anything to do with the Law Corporation's mysterious missions abroad? And how does it connect to the discoveries of an archaeologist here in the city? Is this merely quiet, or prelude to quietus? And you have a vision of just like being at your house and hearing skittering and chittering noises. And you're kind of like, wait, what's going on? And you go to go to the lights and you like can't turn them on. You're like trying to find a light switch, but it's just not there. And you feel these things at your legs and you realize you're just like, your floor is covered in rats. There's just rats all over the place. They're as dense as like a shag rug as they're kind of scurrying around all over the carpet or all over your floor. And they're kind of crawling up your legs. What is, what is a terrifying thing that you see that relates to uh, blood? Because we, we already saw that from the, uh, the, the hook. What is something that relates to blood? That you see in this nightmare. Did they just mm, bite you a um, bunch and you're bleeding? Are the rats covered in blood? Oh, I was thinking similar to that, maybe maybe more graphic. But I was thinking, uh, he tries to get out of this, uh, you know, floor of rats, this rat carpet, and uh, maybe jumps up, does the stereotypical like jumps up on a couch or something, and then he just notice notices from his, you know, uh, like knee down, it's like degloved, you know, it's just like muscle and sinew left like bleeding all over his couch or something disgusting okay yeah um yeah and you're like you're looking down at your legs and you're like uh, 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 uh. and you look uh to the side and you see an image of uh you, you see reagan saying like ashton are you okay and you're like like looking down at your legs again and when you look back up at her like all of her skin is off and she's just like coming oh, God, in yeah. toward you and then uh yeah you just wake up being like ah! <laughs> in the back of the van uh i'll say like as you come to uh we had actually stopped into like a fast food place to like get food because we've been driving around for a while and to like research like ask people in the area and as like as we're picking up as we're like making the order it's just it's like ah yeah <laughs> the, exactly the person the on the other side of the microphone like pauses is like i didn't catch that sorry what well, was that a was that fries mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. yeah i think he's like get him off get him off and you know like rolls around the back of the van or something for a second and just like oh my god Darkling pulls out of the car. He's freaked out. And just okay, so Dark Wendy's parking lot. Darkblade uh, kicks into action here in this Wendy's uh, drive-through, and he yeah. runs out of the car. Yeah, because there's there's something's getting Ashen. This is like abrupt chaos. So you you run out and you're like, oh, you're yelling, and every everything seems to be in the van fine. So Sundry and uh, Chase Welker, looking back, Ashen is just kind of like screaming and slapping these things trying like pulling themselves out of the seatbelt and rolling around in the van and the van because it has the monster cage it's not hugely big in like the area where you can sit mm, it's very uncomfortable it's very uncomfortable and so he's kind of like rolling around and if you imagine trying to like roll around in a 
yeah, just a regular seat in a car. It's very awkward. Okay, so Walker will like be trying to finish the order because that's what's polite. Um, but uh, in the meantime, he'll be like, "The hell was that?" Uh, I mean, I'm sorry. Pardon. Um, are you all right, Mister Green? And he's like, uh, uh, "Yeah, I guess so. I, um, I guess I must have fell asleep or something." He says, uh, "Your nightmare seems to have frightened Mister Blade more than it frightened you." And he's like, "I would have thought that would be impossible, but you might be right." Well, as he's not here to give an account of himself, I can only assume. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, where is Blade going? Uh, he's going to the Chipotle next door. <laughs> so he's leaving the Wendy's yeah. drive-through and going to a Chipotle. It was a matter of taste all along. Yeah, we'd actually have a long argument before getting here about which one to go to, <laughs> and we just assume this is part of that. He's like, I was looking for an excuse to go to Chipotle, so this works out pretty well. Oh boy. It's not that he likes the food at Chipotle better. It's that he hates the idea of baked potatoes being a fast food item. It is a precarious situation. So, okay. Okay. Um, all right. Walker will just like, like once his order is complete, he's like, listen, we've been here for an hour, hour and a half now. Are any of you seeing anything worthy of investigation here? At a Wendy's? Well, Wendy's is a part of the greater downtown uh, excessive quiet. So uh, could either Mr. Welker, Darkblade, or maybe Sundry go ahead and roll plus sharp? So I think I can give you one of these investigative mystery, some investigative mystery information based on what you guys have been doing. I'll do it. I got up. Oh, Alex, did you just roll? Yeah. What'd you get? You got a five. All right. Cool. Well, alrighty. So I'll say that Darkblade, after his uh, his freak out, he does kind of come to his senses as he gets to that uh, Chipotle door, and he notices that they're closed, and he's like, "Oh, I just missed them. Damn it! I wanted those." Sweet, sweet beans. And um, he kind of turns back around and he looks around and, and notices what Ashton had said was correct. That in addition to being, it is really, really quiet. There usually are more homeless folks or like out on the street and there just aren't. Um, there are other people around, but uh, a lot of the folks that you would usually see on the street, like hanging around, not going from one place to another. They're not there. And yeah, it's a Monday. It's quieter for sure. But you're noticing that. And then you kind of put two and two together with what Detective Winters had said to Mr. Welker, that it's been the last week and a half, two weeks. And you notice that's after those storms stopped. Hmm. So you guys had been uh, having all these crazy weather patterns here in Palmetto City, those storms stopped. And now in that time, things have been much more quiet. Hmm. 
So I think Darkblade kind of makes that connection. And then I come back to the car. All right. <laughs> Do you have Chipotle? He does not. No. I mean, I, I always forget how much their guac costs by the time I get to the register. I'm going to fast forward stuff from there to give you guys a heads up. So, um, a few days later, um, maybe Wednesday, I think that you guys, especially Ashton and Mr. Welker, are able to get some news. Um, one, for Mr. Welker, you receive, courtesy of the Lore Corporation, um, a ticket for you and your wife to attend um, this, like, big event at the Palm Coast Natural History Museum. We Really, it's just two tickets. You don't have to go with your wife, but it's like you receive two of these tickets for the Lore Corporation, and it basically, there's a very broad letter that kind of says, like, or a very broad thing that's like, hey, as kind of a Lore Corporation representative in this area, if you want to go to this thing, Uh, The Lore Corporation is involved with um, various foundations and other groups that are connected to this museum. Sure. Mr. Walker finds the invitation, tosses it aside, has no intention of going. His wife, Julia, finds it and is like, we've been doing nearly as many things together as we used to. I want to go. Awesome. Fine. Yeah. And she's, yeah, she'll, and she'll kind of like get into this idea of like, this sounds like the kind of, this sounds like a this sounds like the kind of event that somebody would get invited to in like uh, in in Gotham City in a Batman movie. Like oh this sounds God. exciting. All right, Walker well, would be kind of like it's not that exciting, but you know what? Absolutely, it'll make you happy. So she'll. I think you guys have been able to kind of spend a little bit more time together, and she's like appreciative of that. So it is scheduled for. Um, it's just scheduled for Friday night. It's supposed to be like a Friday night event. So it's Tuesday or Wednesday when you get this thing. Cool. Um, Ashton, you are hanging out with Reagan and there is something about her that's off. So yeah, we'll say it's similar like Wednesday night. Um, so yeah, he might just say, uh, oh, is everything okay? What's what's happening? She'll you seem kinda, so distant. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you guys are... Uh, maybe you're, like, at your apartment and you guys are trying to watch, uh, like, a movie, or, a movie or a TV show or something like that, and she just kind of seems like she's just not into it. She's just, like, looking out the window regularly, checking her phone. I've... There's just... There's, there's things going on, and I have to look, look into those things, and so... Um... Uh, we should we should watch this movie another day, and maybe it's maybe it's a TV show that you're watching, but she calls it a movie. Mm-hmm. Where it's like, what? This is The Office, <laughs> or something like that. Mm-hmm. And she's like, like basically, like like really out of it. Like, oh, we should watch this movie another day. Um, I gotta, uh, I I I I gotta I gotta go. I think I have. Uh, I keep forgetting stuff that I have to do. Oh, I mean, like, what's going on? Can I help her? 
uh, it's just it's just the stuff with the newspaper, and I have to look into stuff, and I've got school, and you know, I like like oh, I I really I really appreciate it, but I have to I have to I have to get going to I have to do something anyway. I have to return some videotapes. Yeah, I got some videotapes to return. Yeah, I guess I, I have to let her go. There's no, can't really, if she's, if she's not willing to uh, kind of divulge what's going on. Could you, would you want to try to read her in this situation? Or would you um, view this as a bad situation, perhaps? Um, or is this more of a manipulate in that you're trying to say like, hey, I will help you and trying to get her to tell you what's up? Um, yeah, I guess that makes sense. If I could try to ma manipulate her just that um, I can help you, just let me know what's going on. Sure. Go ahead and make your charm roll. Oh, man. Going so poorly. Oh, okay. That's still uh, an eight then total. An eight. Okay. So she'll she'll say like if I if I tell you will you just will you just let it go? He's like, uh yeah, of course. Okay. So yeah, so the thing that she wants is for you to basically like like drop it, let it go. Like she's gonna leave, she's got stuff to do. And she'll tell you she's just like hasn't been feeling well lately in the last like day or so. Um, oh, she'll tell you that she was, yeah, she'll like, she's like, I haven't been feeling so well lately. Um, and she's like, I got this great opportunity from Dr. Lester to work at, um, to volunteer at this, uh, at the museum. And I'm I'm really worried that that's going to get messed up. There's a big event that's going to happen at the end of the week, and I want to make sure everything's good. So I'm really I'm stressed out about it because it's kind of a new gig, and I'm trying to make sure that this. I got a lot of. And she's kind of nervous as she's talking, and she's like, "I got a lot of mm -hmm. I got a lot of plates. I'm trying to keep spinning here. I got this these these things that we were looking into, and I haven't been able to find anything else out since uh, since we." talked about this stuff last time and now I'm I've got another responsibility with this and it's just it's really it's adding up it's starting to, it's starting to get under my nerves I don't want if if dr if dr Lester can help us out with these things that's great and if there's this museum that it has all these connections and th that would be awesome to impress them and now there's a big thing going on on Friday and I got to make sure that I do as much as I can to not only help them but make sure they know that I'm helping them it's a lot Oh, yeah, I understand how, you know, work has to come first. She's like, and I think she'll kind of like, um, like frantically kind of gather up her things and say like, 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 and I, and you kind of look at her and she definitely looks a little more like pallid. Um, she doesn't look great. Like just looks a little sick or like a little run down or ragged or tired. 
and um, mm. she'll say like, "Thank you," and I think she'll like give you a kiss and it's kind of like leave. Maybe she even. Mm. Uh, maybe if there's like a hallway that she has to go down to like leave, she'll go the wrong way for a couple of steps before she turns and goes the right way. Mm-hmm. So like, like seemingly like she's disoriented, not like drunk disoriented, but just like, huh? Not drunk disoriented and not Kramer disoriented, which was the noise I just made. <laughs> she slides out. Of it's her like stressed yeah. out. <laughs> I got a lot of stress. So is leads are it's quiet too quiet. Yeah, that's basically the deal. Is that it's it's a it's a little too quiet in this area where it shouldn't be. And you even had like kind of a a veteran cop telling you this is weird. You also had those crazy unseasonable storms. Hmm. And like, who are the people who Sundry knows besides like the private detective? I guess there's a hmm. private detective, the bar people, and then. Yeah, yeah I, actually, actually, that's a good... You probably know a lot of folks at a lot of bars in the area mm-hmm. and could essentially just, if, you're, if you'd be comfortable with it in your new, so, uh, more sober state, kind of going around and either calling those folks or going around bar to bar and just talking to them. Yeah, maybe does that. Awesome. Cool. Could you make a sharp roll for me? Sure. Seven. Seven. Awesome. So uh, I think that you can definitely get information from a lot of bartenders, bouncers, other folks who are like bar flies. Mm -hmm. And um, they'll tell you that, especially at the shittier bars, they'll tell you business has been down. And a lot of them will kind of get into this like, oh, well, we had those crazy storms for a while. And that always fucks up business for sure. When you got hail coming down, feels like somebody's whipping a bunch of golf balls at you. Yeah, that's going to drive business away for a while. Let's not talk about golf balls. Yeah. And you're like, oh, (laughs) yeah, you're literally like your whole we flash back to in the in the back of the van, just a putter that's been bent in half. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so they'll especially at some of the shittier bars, they'll tell you that essentially customers that they had that were either homeless folks who would come in for a drink or two um, or kind of folks who were just... (sighs) Down on their luck. Yeah, real down on their luck bar flies who would be there pretty regularly they're seeing fewer of those people. And in fact, they'll even say like some of them have gone missing, Hmm. not missing where they're calling the police, but missing. Like you'll hear this from a few people where they're like, I wonder if something happened, if somebody pissed them off, if they pissed somebody off, um, if they straight up moved, if there's some place that's cheaper and now I got to fucking lower my prices for drinks because otherwise these winos won't come in here to get anything. So you're hearing like a lot of that kind of stuff from various bartenders. So uh, the, maybe I'll some ask. of the, maybe some of the bouncers are concerned that they're like, it's been so quiet. I legitimately think so-and-so is not going to have me on for as many nights a week, that kind of thing. Maybe I'll ask some of the bartenders like, Hey, is there anyone in particular you, um, you know, maybe want want me to look in on, make sure he's doing okay. 
Sure, and they'll give you they'll give you the name of somebody. They'll say like, well, for example, um, give me a give me an animal, Alex. Uh, squirrel. Squirrel. Give me a common first name, David. Pete. Old Squirrel Tooth Pete. You know that. You know what I'm talking about. You remember him? He'd usually sit in the back. Um, call him that because he's always just sitting there. Eat, eat, would eat all the free peanuts. Mm, all right. Um, after he, after he, I told him you could, you got to blah blah blah. But he, I, ain't, I haven't seen him. And again, it's not even after the storm. I don't know where this guy went. Where did he live? Oh, you tell he lived nearby. Never saw him at a car. Never saw him in a cab. Has to have lived nearby enough to walk. And. uh I think he used to hang out with some other folks uh, that would sometimes be over over at such and such a convenience store. And so I think that uh, this person doesn't know, but they're fairly positive that Squirrel Tooth Pete was uh, either like homeless or a person who was in like an ultra constantly transient living situation. Well, I'll see if I can't wrestle him up. And if I okay. do, I'll let you know. So if you go to other places, you'll essentially find some of the same story. If you go to that convenience store where Squirrel Tooth Pete hung out, there'll be folks who say, um, you know, I appreciate, like, I haven't seen him. I also haven't seen him. Uh, other folks who would come in who would, like, associate with him, I also haven't been seeing in the last week or so. Some of the store owners are happy about it. But they're like, oh, that guy would come in here and be a real pain in the ass. Um, but other folks are like, uh, as annoying as those people are, they still pay for stuff and now they're not around. And I think you can map stuff out. Okay. And if you kind of like go to all of these places, it is very much located in not just downtown generally, but in a specific area. And Ashton actually lives in that area. Oh, interesting. All right, um, so I'll report this back to the group, and I have a cunning plan. I have a cunning plan. So look, y'all, it sounds like something or someone is uh, running up all these bums and hobos and winos and, uh, you know, down on their lock taps and uh, doing God knows what to them. But uh, that's why it's so quiet around here. And... Uh, if you ask me, we should uh, set up a little honeypot, you know. Have uh, one of us uh, masquerade as one of these hobos or drunks or winos, and uh, you know, get disappeared. So you think there's something to Winter's idea that downtown is too quiet? I mean, you take all the hobos out. That's gonna that's gonna get rid of a lot of low-level crime. Well, listen, Mr. Charm. But maybe also get rid of the flavor of the city, you know, the je ne sais quoi of what makes like a Palmetto City a tick, you know. What man wants to live in a flavorless city? It's like making ramen and not putting in the spices. Or having uh, just regular Cheetos rather than spicy Cheetos. Or ordering Chipotle and leaving your queso on the counter. Yeah. That's just a damn tragedy. You know what? I'm in. <laughs> Son of a bitch. 
<laughs> so you'll be the wino? Oh. I could think of no one better. I could think of three people better. No offense, but I'm not sure I could really play that part terribly well. He's like just just down that he's always in a suit. Well, and he like looks without really meaning to, but like instinctually turns to Darkblade before he corrects himself. It's like, I mean, if we have any volunteers. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm happy to do it. I mean, set me up. I can, I can get myself looking messy real quick. Well, you know what? This is your operation, Mr. Charms. I'm happy to to play second fiddle to your first chair violin. Okay. Um, well, one of us should go to a bar um, and just, you know, look like a real piece of shit and uh, uh, just, I guess, walk around in front of convenience stores and such, and the rest of us will just tail in our, our little vein. Is, is, is Sentry Charms just describing like a normal night for him? That yeah. He wants to yeah. Watch? yeah. He's like, we'll start at this bar, then we'll go to this bar, then we'll talk go to, to this bar. Okay. Talk and to then Lucy. We'll, She's... Then we'll get a burrito at this bar. All right. And take a night nap in this um, this little ditch yeah. over here. He brings okay. up his Google Maps. The history has been etched into it like over and over again. Yeah. Like the ditch has a gold star in front of it. <laughs> okay. All right, so to recap what you guys know for sure, the downtown area, specifically the area around where Ashton lives, is has been seeing has been a lot more quiet, especially folks who are like homeless folks or people who are much more kind of like down on their luck um, have been in some cases missing. This hasn't really been reported to the police because nobody knows exactly what the deal is. Um, and some people are straight up glad that they're gone. Um, you also know that this kind of a little too quiet situation uh, began about a week and a half, two weeks ago at the end of those unseasonable storms. Okay. All right. Um, I just wanted to throw that out there in case there's anybody who's like, "Oh, well, before we, before we hit the pavement, is there anything else we want to like try to find out?" Maybe like a paranormal meteorologist, uh, dark blades. Do you date one of those? I was just about to ask that. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, I mean, uh, I definitely know some people who are into. Uh, well, I don't know if it's really paranormal weather so much as just um, Obama weather. It's definitely, and it didn't start at Obama. It's just the way people <laughs> refer to it these days. But CIA weather is the actual uh, technical term for it. All right. Was that like cloud seeding or something? The, the, real conspiracy? the chem streams? Chemtrails. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. There's that turn, too. Turning us gay. <laughs> All right. Uh, so. <laughs> Is it possible for me to to stumble across something important? You kind of walk around and again, this is in the area that you live in. So it's very convenient for you to just kind of like wander around um, and you're kind of maybe getting used to. Oh, he, maybe he's in like he's he get has a, like a whole joggers like outfit 
This is a uh, oh Michael Sarah from that other movie he was in where he was a jogger, right? You're in like jogger gear. Are you actually jogging, or are you just wandering around being like, boy, I just finished jogging, just everywhere you're no, walking? No, I feel. Like- he went to like Walmart or Payless or something to get like a headband and everything. Be like, well, I have to look inconspicuous. So he's a, uh, you know, in, in like little shorts and stuff. So I think he's like running, but he has no idea what jogging. He's probably doing it completely wrong. Sure. So it's like uh, Tuesday or Wednesday night, and you're jogging. <laughs> sure. You're jogging around awkwardly. And uh, yeah, for the most part, you're seeing that it is indeed a lot quieter. Um, the only person that you see is actually fairly close to your place. Um, you do see one person, and just for the shit of it, it is the um, the guy in the cat shirt. Yeah. And you kind of encounter him, and he looks uh, really rough. It's Scat Cat. Hold up, you're saying it's a and a cat shirt and he looks rough mm-hmm. yeah the dog <laughs> shirt <laughs> um, so much to make sure i got that right meow would you prefer if he looked <laughs> perfect uh, yeah. there we go <laughs> mm, meow he's got a tail for you <laughs> now why don't we scratch this one out anyway he lifts his leg up and he licks his butthole uh <laughs> but yeah so you see this guy, and I think that he's um, he's near this museum where you guys can kind of like encountered him before, and he looks very. Um... Do you see that guy? Yeah, fuck it, just just uh, just encountered. Like you see this guy again, and he looks very very kind of out of it, and um, he. Uh, yeah, he encounters like, like he's oh he oh, here's a nuts thing that you see. You are kind of jogging, and you see this guy, uh, kind of like stumbling around a little bit and muttering, and eventually you're like, wait a minute, that's that guy that we always see in the cat T-shirt. And I think he's not wearing that shirt, but you. So it takes you a second to realize it's him. He's shirtless, and um, he looks very like skinny. He'd maybe been thin, but not super skinny. He looks much, much skinnier, and he's kind of like moving with a weirder gait as he's kind of like walking down the street. And you see him dive into this thing of like boxes and bags. Like maybe knocking over some garbage cans and that kind of stuff. He might go over it like, oh, are you okay? And when you you say that, when you turn around, this guy's definitely like ripped into a rat. And he's just like like eating it. And he goes like, Ugh. and um. Oh, and the, the TV movie of this that flashes back to his like rat dream for a second. Yeah. Either that or it would be the commercial break. Yeah. But so this guy just looks at you and like makes like a crazy noise. And you can remember speaking to this man before. Like, mm-hmm. um, so like you can vaguely remember the sound of his voice. And again, we had described you and Reagan's interactions with this man as not unpleasant. And now he's just like holding this thing. He's shirtless. He's got this big rat. He's got like kind of the blood, maybe some of like the, uh, the, like the, 
fur is there. It's like maybe even still like wiggling some or maybe not anymore. Maybe it was when you first saw it. And now he's kind of like twisted it into his mouth. And um, yeah. What is your response to that one? Um, I feel like just the dramatic, you know, like backing up slowly, like, uh, are you okay? But really just trying to probably get out of there. Okay. Or if this is a bad situation, let me know. This sounds like it's a bad situation. That's fine to me. Hey, then I'll I'll try and read that. Go for it. Oh, dang, girl. I got a 10 girl. plus uh, some amount. One, All right. so 11. 11. All right, so you get two Tootsie Rolls. And three hold, right? <laughs> yes, three of those questions. I forgot if it was two or three. But two Tootsie Rolls for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so you have to ask three of those questions. I'll try to answer those the bestest I can for this situation. Ooh, okay, well, I guess what I was literally saying was, uh, are you okay? So I guess the first one makes most sense. Uh, what's the best way to protect the victims? What's the best Assuming way? he's a victim? Uh, what's or the, the rat? <laughs> Nobody thinks about the rat. Yeah, nobody thinks about the rats. Yeah, you hear Vincent Price as Ratigan being like, ah. Um, um, I'm just going to say something has done something to this guy. Um, he seems like he was a victim. He's not in the role of victim presently. So the best way to protect the victims is for you to get out of there. Because you are seeming like the most likely victim going forward in this situation. Oh, nice. Okay. That's good. What um, what are any dangers we haven't noticed, I guess? Um. As this guy, I think he starts like kind of somewhat lurching towards you. He was kind of down squatting on his knees, like amid this trash. And um, as he turns toward you, um, you notice the like blood covered teeth in his mouth are not normal teeth. Uh, they look like, um, mm-hmm. like, like fangs. Like, like, like he has a bunch of sharp teeth in his mouth, almost like a dog or a cat, especially around the canine teeth. Definitely and, uh, not like a bat. Yeah. And uh, he has like <laughs> his fingernails are kind of like nastier. They were probably not the world's best before, but you look at them and they are like longer. And um, he has started to kind of like lurch towards you, I think. Knowing that, what's my best way out? Uh, final question. You can probably straight up just run the hell out of here, like away. It's probably a pretty good thing. Yeah. You live pretty close by and can just straight up run to your apartment. There's this museum nearby. There's other like shops and apartments and that kind of stuff. Um, but truth be told, probably just straight up running away would be your best way to just get out of here. Yeah, I think he might dramatically do that then. All right, so let's have you make that um, cool roll to get the hell out of this situation, to act under pressure. 
the pressure of being mm. grabbed by this uh, this man you used to know so pleasantly as the man in the cat shirt. Mm-hmm. Um, I assume we get plus one to this, right? You do. You are acting, acting to get out of here. Things. You got it. Well. Oh, still nine. This person grabs you. Uh, this man that you had known in the past is the man wearing the cat t-shirt kind of, uh, as you try to back up, he grabs at you and he maybe grabs you and tries to bite you on like maybe the, the forearm or the bicep or something like that. He essentially just grabs the extremity nearest to him and just bites at it. And, um, yeah, I feel Ash doesn't have any bicep of note. Okay. It's just forearm. (laughs) Then bones. <laughs> then yeah, the uh, it's like the so, Popeye thing where it goes under. But the uh, yeah, he <laughs> mm-hmm. he bites you, probably on the arm, and um, it's extremely painful for a moment, and then uh, you're kind of able to struggle away. So you're gonna end up taking two harm from this. Mm-hmm but you are able to kind of like shake this person off and uh, kind of knock them into some of these uh, like garbage cans and that kind of stuff. And they kind of like writhe around or roll around as you get the hell out of there and just kind of race back to your apartment, holding your arm that um, you definitely have this like bite in. And, uh, yeah, when you go back to your apartment, you're kind of holding this thing. You maybe run it under some water, maybe throw some uh, rubbing alcohol or hydrogen peroxide. You might put that on yourself. And if you don't have that, maybe like Listerine or something else that just uses some kind of antiseptic to clean this. A person just bit you after they'd been eating a rat they found in the garbage. Um, That doesn't exactly sound like the cleanest of situations. I think once Ashton is done with doing that, and he's rubbed whatever antiseptic type thing that he might have. Um, when he looks down, for the most part, there are bruises on his arm. But for the most part, it's just two bite marks. I would love for a way for us all to go to this gala. What if it's as simple as like Mr. Walker, like um, response, the invitation is like, but, but as a professional, I won't attend any company functions um, unless my entire team is represented. I guess this sounds like an agency move. Deal with the agency. Yeah. To see if you can get the agency to pull you some strings to get like more tickets and it not be like a hey, we're muscling in here kind of a thing of or uh, like I got a ten. Yeah, I guess that works. So um oh, and I'll even give you some additional information with that ten. I think you kind of like contact somebody about this and you maybe leave a message. Contact on a cross. Like she's often the person that you end up contacting about this kind of stuff. Awesome. And um, you contact her, and she's like... Oh, absolutely. I'll look into it. We'll see if we can get you some additional tickets and send them your way. Shouldn't be too difficult. Um, And so she basically tells you, I'm going to send you those way as soon as I talk to some folks. Um, And she'll give you a name. 
Uh, and that name is Desiree Augustine. And Desiree Augustine is the head of the Palm Coast Natural History Museum. And she's like, I'll contact her office and try to get something for you. It might be a little last minute. Just make sure, of course, that... And she sounds like a little bit kind of flustered, but she just says... Just be sure that anyone that is attending represents the Lore Corporation in the best possible light. I... I am... I feel like it goes without saying, Miss Cross. And she kind of does, uh, like, oh, of course, of course. It goes without saying, it goes without saying. And then, at some point in this conversation, she kind of works her way into asking you if you were able to get the paperwork signed by the Hellingers. I was. I believe I sent them into your office uh, earlier in the week. And, you know, that reminds me of me and ask you. Um, they said they haven't had any contact with Roberta. I was just wondering. You know, I'm sure that she's very busy. I Could I, just, could uh, I, could I retcon one thing out of that? Not retcon. Could I adjust one thing out of that? She was a man the whole time. Mm-hmm. Hey, it's me, Arnold Cross. Now, um... She's dead. No, uh... I'm, instead. I'm Instead of you sent those to her, she told you to get them signed and then just hold on to them. Perfect. Yeah, that works. And so, and so, um, she'll she'll say like like she'll ask you the same question like you got those. I've been me. I had been meaning to ask you. You got those papers signed by um the the Hellingers, right? Absolutely. Uh, I have them with me. And in fact, will you be at this event? Uh, she'll I say that, that might be a weird question as I'm a branch and she's like a higher up. Oh no! And I think I think this is weird. Um, and she'll say, Actually, I'm going to be in the area later tonight or tomorrow. Could you and I meet so I could get the paperwork from you? Absolutely. Um, and you know, while I was there, I just couldn't help but, uh, I, I mean, you know, we were talking and it just, I just wanted to ask, you know, they say they haven't gotten any phone calls from Roberta. I'm sure she's very busy. Um, but, uh, it, it, they seem to be a little uneasy about it. I mean, I, I understand that. Um, maybe she's, maybe she passed along the word to Roberta that, uh, Sometimes it's good to hear, good to hear a daughter's voice. Oh, absolutely. Uh, you're you're a father, right, Mister Welker? Twice. To to say congratulations would be odd, but I was a young woman, and there were definitely times that I would not speak to my parents, and often it was times that were difficult. We'll contact her parents and encourage them to write further to her and get that connection and communication going between them. And we'll encourage Roberta to do the same. I'll actually write an email tonight to the folks at Sunburst to encourage her to reach out to her parents. That will probably be for the better. And what time do you guys, you think you're having this conversation with her? Uh, 5.30. 5.30. And she'll say... Mr. Welker, could you... I know it might be late, but what's the chance that I could meet up with you tonight at 8.30 to pick those up from you? No problem. Oh, Excellent. Could we maybe meet at... Um, and she chooses a... CD motel. Actually, yeah. I think she does choose like a like a hotel that has a bar. But it's like, you would expect it to be nicer. Like, like when you guys go and stay... I'm going to show my lack of knowledge about hotels. But like when you guys go, for instance, like when Ashton and Mr. Welker went to go talk to... Um, folks at corporate to talk to Anna Cross and uh, Mirzad Pushanchi. You guys went and probably stayed at the equivalent of like like a Marriott and had like a fairly nice room, nice rooms of your own and that kind of thing. And yeah, there's a restaurant and a spa and all kinds of shit like that in the bar, in the bar, in the hotel. She's going to a hotel that has a bar. She asks you to meet her at the bar, and um, you're like, "This is a shittier hotel than I would expect." Okay. 
Yeah, no problem. Um, that works. No, no problem there. Uh, I'll like be on the way out the door. Ms. Mrs. Walker is like, "Oh, I thought you were staying for dinner." He's just like, "No time." Yeah, and she she just says, "Do you like? Do you know when you're going to be home?" Uh, you know how these things are. Uh, no, I don't. And I think she... What does she say to you to express the idea of, I thought we had gotten past this and things were getting better? I thought we had gotten past this and things were getting better. <laughs> she, she's she's, uh, she's needle-pointed that onto a pillow and she just holds it up. Yeah, she's just been working on this, like, this cross-stitching for like several weeks. Yeah. The first opportunity to use it. She has a cake with that written in frosting. No, um, but yeah, she just she just turns to you and says, like, like I thought we had gotten past this and that things were settling down. And Walker will say, hey, listen, honey. And he, like, stick a step in. He's like, um, you know that I'm in line, uh, that, I, that there's a lot of eyes on me right now at the company. This is for the family. Everything I do is for this family. You understand that, right? You say that to Julia Welker, and then the next thing we see is you're on the road, like you are going. Dark Blade, that evening, what are you up to? Dark Blades, um, well, he's doing some research into witches. And uh, he's at his local uh, comic book shop. It's uh, He's going through the codexes and rule books of different, uh, of all different editions of uh, many different RPGs and and seeing what all the witches have in common. Yeah, so you're going through stuff, and there's another guy who's with you, and uh, it's all based on you know if it's if they have something in common, it's like religion, you know. There's there's something right about all of them, but you're literally saying that out loud to a guy, and he's like, "Oh yeah, but what do you think of the third edition? Am I right?" Yeah, I I thought that uh, third edition was just a money grab. They changed barely anything from the second edition, and they put a vampire on the front with big tits. I mean, come on, it's a money like, grab. He's like, pretty oh. hot though, right? Super hot. <laughs> Yeah. Oh yeah, I bought the poster too. It's still on my wall. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> All right. So, what question are you actually? What are you actually trying to find? You're trying to find information about witches. Yeah. Okay. So, how are you? And you're going about that by looking through kind of pop culture things, especially in the realm of comics and gaming. Yeah. Okay. Guy cool. wishes too. I want to see if there's guy wishes. <laughs> All right, well, from the last thing, you, you're you fairly positive there are, but go ahead and make me a sharp roll, Dark Blade. Right. Unless you have another, unless you have a specific move that you're like, here's what I could use for this. No, that's it. Um, So I roll a eight. You roll an eight. One of the things that you look through is you're like, witches, huh? Can there be guy witches? Oh, they are. Sometimes they're called warlocks. Sometimes they're sorcerers. Sometimes they're they're mages. And you're looking at some of the stuff, and one of the things you notice is those storms 
those unseasonable storms. Sometimes tempests and the like are connected to witches in a lot of pop culture and like even classical literature. But another thing that stands out to you that it's connected to is vampires. Ooh. Specifically in a lot of different editions or uh, iterations of Dracula, there are all of these like kind of stories about um, like like the weather being connected to what's going on. And you look at a, a, a comic book version of Dracula that tries to like accurately portray the the novel in comic book form and one of the big things is um uh one of the big things that you find is that dracula seemingly when in certain situations was able to conjure up these storms mm. so that's something that you you kind of find out and you are left in a situation where you're like, wait, what was different during that time of those storms that were lasted for like a week and a half, two weeks? Hmm. Well, what was different about them? Ooh, what, what was your result on that roll? You only got an eight, right? Yeah. Okay. So I think that's the big thing that you're like left with a new question of what was different, what was happening. And that, unfortunately, the other guys at the comic book store are like, I don't know, man. <laughs> All the news is totally fake. I'm just here with these luscious titas. And he's just looking at that vampire rack from earlier. Mm -hmm. And then you're like, am I? And you're like, what do you think, buddy? And it's a little kid. And he's like, I don't know. I'm a little kid. <laughs> but I love yeah, but those titas. Yeah, he's talking about how he's like, oh, yeah, I love I love grabbing Titas. They're it's I, I every weekend I grab Titas, mm -hmm. and um, you know they 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 feel like bags of sand. Yeah, uh, a combination of uh, the Access Hollywood tape uh, and the Forty Year Old Virgin really had an effect on this kid, and not yeah, and and uh, yeah, it's it's unfortunate. So, Mr. Welker, you head to the, um, there used to be a bar in Orlando, it was technically in Winter Park. David, you and I went there for sure. Alex, you may have come with us one time. It was a small hotel that, like, wasn't particularly nice. It wasn't in a bad part of town. It was actually, in, like, a fairly nice part of town, but, like, it was a no-frills hotel, and it had this bar attached to it. Um, it was called the Red Fox Lounge. Do you have a anybody have a, a shot for a name at this of this bar that uh, Anna Cross has you meet her at Green Snake Lounge? The Green Snake, I like Green Green Snake. Doesn't sound the great. Bowling Green, the Green Green Town. Yep, I'm out of ideas. Anybody else want to throw something in? Green should probably be in it. Green dream. The green dream. Uh, what if it's like the dream dream? What what if it's the Dreamland Greens Hotel? Yes. This is a Kirby level. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. 
you suck suck people in. Yeah, yeah, the Dreamland Greens Hotel is a hotel in Palmetto City proper, but kind of like towards the outskirts. It's fairly near the nearby to the interstate, um, and so it's not really very nice. But it's also not gross. It's like a step up. It's technically a motel, I think. Um, oh wait, isn't um Dreamland like a the nickname for LA? You could make it like all this garbage, like Hollywood, like really uh like tacky, like pretend Hollywood garbage everywhere in this hotel. That's their theme. Sure. So yeah, this is the the Dreamland Hotel. I think that's right. I might be making that up. <laughs> that's no, the first I, thing that came in my mind. I, I don't know. Does anybody have a preference real strongly one way or another? Not by uh, Ant's antenna whisker. Okay, so the Dreamland the Dreamland Hotel is a um, yeah, kind of like a Hollywood-themed hotel. There's a lot of pictures of like old movie stars from the 40s and 50s, the kind of golden age of Hollywood. They kind of extend past that into the 60s a little bit there's a lot of like Frank Sinatra, Marilyn Monroe um, James Dean some Elvis some very early like you're kind of getting the vibe of the place that it could have been a 1950s diner but they went back a little bit further in time than they meant to and just had general Hollywood stuff there and they don't serve food so it's kind of a bar, and when you get there, Anna Cross is already there. And she's like, oh, um, hello. And norm when you'd seen her in the past, she usually wears like a smart kind of power suit uh, that's... Um, instead, she's wearing kind of a like a blouse and um, not jeans, but like just like black pants. And when you come in, she's got uh, like a beer that she's drinking. She's like, please come grab a seat. Sure, of course. He does that and he orders like a an old fashioned, not even ironically. He's just old fashioned. Nice. Okay. And the guy's like, all right, sure. And you see that this is the kind of bar where I did. We already do this where it's the kind of bar where the guy has to look at like a little thing to see what's in an old fashioned. That like he's a shitty bartender. Oh, and he yeah, has to like kind of look it up. Yeah. Yeah, like he's got like a bunch of cards that he flips through at the bar to be like, ah, gotcha, here it is. And so he's making this. And um, she says... Just to make sure you've got those... You've got that paperwork, Oh, correct? of course. Uh, he, he, he gives it over. And uh, he'll make one more inquiry and Roberta be like, um, they were understandably a bit confused. I, I, I wasn't aware that they had so little contact with Roberta. Um She's she's not avoiding them, is she? She might be. She might be avoiding them. She's going through a lot of therapy. And she'll keep like she's looking around a lot. Anna Cross is like looking around a bunch to see who's listening, who's talking. The place is fairly empty. Um and she'll say like Given that given that we're trying to discover well, Sunburst Medical is trying to discover essentially what her condition is, what's going on there, understanding fully how to help her is difficult we have to understand what's going on and what's wrong i'm not a scientist i'm not a doctor but i can tell you that they're not sure yet 
things are often in transition. And so I think the goal is to help her how we can by being able to be more dynamic in how we approach things. <clears throat> okay. So, you know, he, he sort of like has these surface level uh, doubts about Roberta and he'll like get past those. Other than that, he'll just be like, is there anything she wants to talk about? Ooh, that's good. She'll ask you about, uh, oh, she asks you about, like... You and, what is your intern? Wait, he's not an intern. No interns on this team. Miss Green is a full-fledged member of Lorecore. Yes. How has he been doing? Exemplary as always. We've just just brought our team back to full full strength status with the return of Mr. Charms. Um, And we are excited to take on our next case. That's good. Have you found another case? I mean, since you brought in... I'm not trying at all to disparage. And she'll... She'll order another drink. And uh, I think it's like a much stiffer drink. And when it kind of comes over... Yeah, exactly. She does that dance. Uh, She orders like a much stiffer drink and she kind of takes that and she'll say like... And she'll kind of try to calm herself and say... Obviously, you're good at what you do, and your team has had results. But there haven't been results from your team in several months. There was your initial success, and then you brought in Miss Hellinger. But since then, there hasn't been anything. Well, he'll say, uh, he'll he'll lean in close to me, well, you know, in our line of work, no news is good news, isn't it? If we were in the prevention industry, that would be correct. But at the moment, our goal is research, and that requires subjects to study. When we don't have those, that's not good um, news. He'll say, well, you know, we, um, we've always got our ears to the ground, and we're, we've got the, we're looking into potential cases right now. Uh, obviously, I'll, you know, I'll update the office as soon as we have anything solid. Um, but rest assured, we're not, uh, we're not waiting. We're looking. Is there, is there any way that there's information that's not getting to us? We're concerned that there's information about possible acquisitions that's just not coming in. It's either being viewed as unimportant or worse. It's somehow getting routed the wrong way and it's not getting to the people it needs to get to. Is that possible? I'm not sure what you're referring to. I think you are referring to something very specific. I'm not sure what it is. Why don't you just level with me, Miss Cross? She'll like look around again. And again, this place is very, very empty. But she'll ask, Do you want to come to my room? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. For business purposes, obviously. Yes. And, uh... Okay. And she'll go and talk to the bartender for a second. I think she'll tell you the room number. And she'll talk to the bartender. And so you can get there a second beforehand. Before she arrives. And so, like, if you go to the door, maybe she gives you the key. And so you can get to this room, and it's just, like, a, it's a small room with, like, a queen bed and, uh, like, a bathroom. There's maybe, like, a microwave and a mini fridge and that kind of thing. It's it's fairly lackluster, again, compared to the rooms that you guys stayed in, which were not these palatial suites or anything like that. But this seems like a good step down from that and um, she comes back in pretty soon afterwards and I think she has like a bottle of 
um, since you were drinking like a drink that has whiskey in it, some some kind of whiskey, and um, there should be ice in the freezer from earlier. All right. Um, yeah, yeah. No, he'll still be compliant. She'll say. In your team, is there anyone who is perhaps holding back on their reports? I know that they report to you and you report to us, but is there anyone that is perhaps not providing you with the information? Anyone you says Absolutely not. Um, and since these questions are only arising now, I can assume that Mr. Charms is not uh, under suspicion since he's only recently rejoined the team. So if you're asking if either Mr. Blade or Mr. Green are suspect in their loyalty to either me or the corporation, the answer is no. I'm asking because I don't want to face because the more likely answer is much more unnerving. How confident are you in Mr. Bishop? Ooh. And Mr. Wilker will, will have that exact reaction in his head where he's like, oh shit, you see that coming. Um, you'll say, uh, Mr. Bishop seems like, um, Mr. Bishop uh, presents himself as a fixture of the corporation, and it's often not the role of someone who isn't a fixture to question people like that. And she'll say, I've been having doubts about his performance. He disappeared for some time. We hadn't heard from him for a matter of weeks, as if he just vanished. Theoretically, he left the country but then we didn't hear from him. Additionally, with some research, I discovered that Bishop, which I suspected was not his actual name, from what I was able to find, his actual name is Tim Marcy. After a less than decorated career in the military, he served in what was essentially a mercenary outfit run by a security company. Now I know that's not too different from what he does for us, but given that kind of past, that kind of record, and given that so much of what he does for us is cloaked in secrecy, if we're not finding things, I'm wondering if perhaps he's diverting this information, if it's being kept from us, if he's attempting to use it in some kind of way, and I need to know, is there anything he's told you or done that makes you suspicious of his intentions? And if so, what are those things? All right, so I want to read her to Absolutely. see if this is a test or not. Mm -hmm. What is that role? Well, again, in this, you could do this as a bad situation, for sure. Alright, bad situation. Uh, I got a seven. Okay, so then you get to ask one of those bad situation questions. Are there any dangers there... I haven't noticed? Yes. What? Um, you're listening to this lady talk and listening to this lady talk and you realize she's trying to get more information from you. And you realize the person you've heard talk to someone like this. And that person is Detective Sloan Winters. And you realize this lady's a cop. Or some kind of informant. And she's trying to get information from you about the company. That's a hell of a reader person. All right, now we're cooking. All right, that makes all right. Woo! So it's half chub will go down to a quarter chub. Mm -hmm. 
and uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> the science, the science of it. Okay. <clears throat> Oof, that was close. Yeah. So this lady is some kind of informant, or or just straight up is a cop. Okay. Cool. So, um, he'll say, um, listen, um, Ms. Cross, how long have you been working for the company? And in one form or another, I've worked there for four or five years. <clears throat> and, uh, having worked for this, for our company for so long, surely you know that everyone who works here is thoroughly vetted. She says... I would have thought that, but looking at some of these things about Bishop, I'm not trying to insult you, but some of our contractors would hardly be considered thoroughly vetted, like Sundry Charms, for instance. And yet, he remains one of my trusted teammates, and I think that decision wasn't made by me, it was made by the company. Um, and, and he'll say, um, I, I have... I haven't come across anything so far in my dealings with Bishop or anyone on my team that would lead me to believe that um, that I wasn't in good hands. And I think she'll... And he'll, he'll, he'll finish that by saying, Have you? Hmm. And I think she'll I think she'll bring up this Roberta Hellinger case. Something's going on that we're not seeing, and it's not simply because of security issues or that it's above our pay grade. My security clearance and pay grade are quite high. In the last 2 or 3 years, the number of subsidiaries, foundations, holding companies have increased exponentially. It's becoming difficult for even me to navigate some of it, and I helped build it. I'm wondering what's going on, and this stuff with Roberta Hellinger is very, very odd. We needed to get this paperwork, but I want to know more of what's going on, and I'm not getting the answers. I'm getting to the point where I don't know who to ask. Walker will say, um, that makes sense. I mean, you're asking me. I, and I didn't, never figured we were on the same uh, peg at the totem pole. But he says, I'll tell you what, um, it's not like I haven't seen things. It's not like I haven't experienced things with this company that I would never have seen anywhere else uh, or that haven't made me ask questions. He says, if you, if you and I want to look out for each other, I think we can only both stand to benefit from that. Ooh. All right. So I think this seems like a good place to end this. Um... I got a few different ways this could end, depending on how you're viewing the scene. One is you could just kind of have like a nod of hers of like, like agreement of like, that sounds good. And Mr. Welker leaving. There is the much more spy movie aspect of like, this lady maybe tries to sleep with you. <laughs> yeah. Sundry Charms has an opinion about this. Yeah. Um, I just, Yeah. There could be there can be something in between those for sure. Okay, I um, would say that like, like um, just hand stuff. Just hand stuff. Just what was going on off camera before. 
you know what? I say we just like kick it into the next year, given like his uh his like family versus work dichotomy in the previous mm-hmm. like mystery, and he is like erring on the side of work. They should do that. And now he's like, a if she's not working for the cops, he's got someone in work and is like on his team. And if she is working for the cops, he's got something he can like give to the company. Also, it'll make it way more dramatic when his family finds out. Okay. So yeah. So then I think that that's when you say like if you if we could look out for each other that that would be good i think then she like definitely kind of like makes a move towards you and, like maybe puts a hand on your thigh and maybe kind of like leans in and just kisses mr welker and i think she's even she kind of even really she throws herself into this like it starts off as like kind of a <laughs> like connection moment and then it like gets real kind of intense where she's like really kind of throws herself at you and we kind of like uh, the camera moves to the the windows or something like that um, or the curtains or maybe just the the bottle of whiskey or whatever or the stack of papers and um, soon afterwards like kind of like later that night not in the morning but we see Chase Welker have to kind of go like a little while later I don't think Mr. Welker would spend the night there at this hotel but like Afterwards, we see Mr. Welker kind of getting up and kind of getting dressed and on a cross getting dressed as well. And maybe kind of like, uh, like maybe washing her face or like quickly doing her hair. And, and, uh, what are like the parting words that you guys have to one another to this agreement of like, we'll keep a watch on this stuff. We'll be in touch. It's like, uh, it's, it's, we're in this together now, essentially. Oh yeah. And she says like, I agree. Please, if you could. And uh, she gives you a uh, she gives you a receipt that basically is a receipt for like from UPS for mailing this or from FedEx. That's what it is from FedEx for like overnighting these documents to her. And she's like, please don't tell anyone that we met, that we had this discussion. It could endanger both of our places in the company. I just I want to make sure we know what's going on. And you'd be like, it's like you think I've never been in a, in my own spy movie before. And I think she, um, I think that rather than that hit her, like, like, oh, you, I think that kind of like hits her. It doesn't scare her, but it like makes, comes to the realization of like, oh, we are doing some spy shit. Mm-hmm. And she will kind of just kind of imply to you like, well, I have to get back to and you can see that she's got to get to, um, uh, I think, like, Kentucky or Atlanta or something like that. She's like, to get back, I have cool. to leave tonight. So okay. she essentially kind of, like, says, I'm going to leave. You should go, too. This American Monster is a production of This American Dice. This American Monster uses the Monster of the Week system, a game published by Evil Hat Productions and by Michael Sands. Sundry Charms is Lee. Chase Welker is Carl. Darkblade69 is Alex. Ashton Green is David. And your Game Master is Austin Smith.
Our theme song is by Patrick Ross. It's called Sinlude. Additional music for this episode included Tend to It by Osiris Saline. Additional voice talent for this included Kate Hoffman as Anna Cross. Uh, Jago. It's called Jago. Yeah. Juno, you're close. I know. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I was going to keep making a bunch of dumb jokes about it, but yeah. Oh, keep going. <laughs> oh, yeah. He, um, he loved all the Mike and Ikes. Wait, wasn't um, Jago the one that, um, like Matt Damon or something got like a, or no, Ben Affleck got a, an award for or something? No, Jago's the one. Jago's the one who like has the questionably forced sex with uh, the dragon lady in the one show. Oh wow! Well, I remember the meeting of the Jagos. I try to avoid every year. Go ahead, Carl. <laughs> I'm just asking what language we're speaking. You got bit, but only partially. So now you're just a libertarian. There you go. You keep just talking about me with the bottom jaw. <laughs> you keep talking about the tax uh, victims. Ayn Rand. <laughs>